Hello and welcome to Renewing Your Mind, a web-based ministry of South Bay Community Church located in Fremont, California. It is our prayer that today's broadcast will be a blessing to you. Let us prepare our hearts to hear the word of the Lord. My wife has called me Scrooge in the past. I got a little cynical for a few years there. I'm coming out of it. I'm, I'm, I'm breaking through it. I was cynical about Christmas there for a minute. I was frustrated with the fact that the world has tried to commercialize it so much and has tried to manipulate how we even handle the holiday, that it was frustrating for me to even get into the Christmas spirit. Actually, the Holy Spirit during Christmas. Maybe I should say that. And so we had this conversation a few years ago about giving gifts. And I said, I don't think we should give gifts anymore. Amen. You can imagine, pray for me. That was, that was not well received. <laughs> and so there are times when my wife and family just nods and smiles and then ignores me and go ahead and does what, does what we probably should do. So we didn't break that tradition, but I wrestled with it. Like, man, this is so off of what I think we should be focused on. But This year particularly, I've been reconsidering the act of giving gifts. And God has given me a breakthrough, I think. I now think it's a great idea. Amen. Not only because I like sleeping in my bed, but God's revelation gave me there's something wonderful in gift giving. And what has struck me the last couple of weeks as I've been thinking about this Sunday is that we have a very giving God. This whole act of giving gifts is a reflection because the one who brought us into this life is an abundant giver. He rejoices in giving. And so when we give joyfully, it's a very clear reflection of our heavenly father. And so it gave me a new set of eyes to think about this this process of giving. And what has really God given us? What, What has God given you? I wanted us to stop and think about that for 2016 because I think if we take a moment and reflect, we will all see that God is abundantly generous in his giving. He's lavish. I was sharing with the staff a few year, a couple weeks ago when we were doing our Christmas gathering that I had about three off-the-hook years of Christmas in my childhood. I'm, I'm the youngest one in the family. My, sisters, my sister is nine years older. My brother, our brothers are 13 and 14 years older. So they're all gone. And so I'm about six years old. And... I was excited that Santa Claus was coming to town. And, and I was the last one. They knew 
that uh, Santa's visits were winding down. So I had three great experiences from Santa, like six to eight or something like that. And then I told my uh, mother when I was uh, like eight years old that, you know what, Um, I don't want Santa to come anymore. I don't want Santa to come anymore. I'm past all that. And she said, are you sure? And I said, yes. And she said, well, then I'll send him a memo. And she did. And from that point on, Christmas was socks and shoes and underwear. And I really had wished I'd rethought the Santa invitation thing. And I thought, wow, all this abundance of gifts doesn't happen anymore. And and I thought, how long did I carry that attitude with me in my heart? That the gifts that I was most concerned about showed up from department stores. I carried that for myself a long time, well into my 20s. I guess I'm the only one. Okay, I'll act. All y'all holy people was thinking about Jesus, and I was thinking about stuff. Thank you. I got one true witness on Christmas. Amen. And as I began to develop a deeper relationship with God, and my heart began to turn towards this miraculous event, That we're celebrating today. I learned that scripture. Right? Like we all did. One of the first ones that we knew. And and it just hit me so clearly. That when we say that God is a giving God. This is kind of where it starts. Long before we thought about. Christmases and holidays. And all this other stuff. God knew that you would be here in this room today and he wanted you to know that there is nothing more important to him than you and him being like this. Inseparable. So close that you all know each other's thoughts. That you're there right beside him and he's right beside you on the mountaintop days and the valley days that he was sitting in heaven far above all of creation and he thought God how much do I love you how much do I get joy when I think about you how much do I long for us to be together forever. But we have a problem. And I don't want to be a downer on Christmas Day when we're so much filled with joy and happiness, but we have to talk about the problem. We have a problem. We have a sin problem. It's a sin problem. It's my problem. It's your problem. We all have this problem. And because of this problem, it separates us from God. And we got to get a hold of that because if we don't have a firm grasp on our sin problem, then we have no need for Christmas. 
See, Christmas is only really important for those who know I got a sin problem. My name is Brian and I'm a sinner. I'm in the program. Because if I think I can make it on my own, if I think I'm a pretty good person, if I think, you know what, I'm not nearly as bad or I don't do stuff as bad as those other people, then I don't need a savior, which is the reason that God came to the world. To get those who are longing to be back in right relationship with the one who gave them every breath of life. And he didn't do it because he was angry. He didn't do it because he was bored. He didn't do it because he had some free time. He said, because I so love each and every one of my children that I'm going to send my only son to do what they cannot possibly do for themselves. That's the reason for Christmas. And it started with God's love, and he gave us something. I mean, I want us to think for a minute, what would it be like without Christmas? What would life be like if there was no Christmas? Now, again, nine-year-old Brian thinks, man, December is going to be really slow. It's just cold and wet and rainy, and I don't have any toys at the end of the month to make me feel better about it. Go past that. Where would your life be if there was no Christmas? If God had not taken the initiative to say, I'm not going to wait till you get it together. I'm going to get in there in the middle of your mess and draw you out from those things that are choking off your life, your joy, your peace, your satisfaction, and your meaning, not to mention your eternal destination with me. I'm going to do something about it. Where would your life be if God wasn't a forgiving God? Where would your life be if God wasn't a merciful God? I'm grateful for mercy. It said he loves fools and babies, and I fit one of or both of those categories each and every day of my life. I'm grateful that God is a giving God, an abundant God, a lavishing God, an overflowing God. I'm grateful that he's not waiting for me to get it together so that we can be together forever. I almost gave up. I want us to look at this picture. I I found this. Next slide, please, Taylor. I almost gave up, but God gave me hope. You ever been there? You ever been worn out and stressed out? You ever been feel like you've just been drugged through the, through the gutter and the world is just beating up on you and nothing's going right? And if it weren't for bad luck, you'd have no luck at all and all those other things we say. You ever been in that place and you're just like, I, I can't go on and God steps in. He doesn't wait for us. He takes the initiative and says, but you're mine. And my grace is sufficient for you. I'm so grateful that God took the initiative. I'm grateful for the birth of Jesus. I mean, the the actual birth. 
And as I was thinking about this and reading it and studying it, and, and, you know, we know the narrative and we know the story and we know about the manger. We know they couldn't find a place to end and we know about the wise men. We know about all these things, but it stopped and struck me that do you know what it cost God to do that? You're talking about an eternal divine being has no boundaries, no limits, outside of time, no pain. He's in the eternal presence of his father in heaven with dominion over angels. There is nothing in heaven that is suffering. He's in perfection, and he chose to come into this world in the most humblest of circumstances to be born and confined in one of these fleshly holding tanks. The Bible just kind of says it real subtly. He, was who, he who was rich decided to become poor. Anybody been poor? I mean, poor. Like, you can't afford the last two letters of poor. Poor. I mean, broke, scratching nickels. When you're looking in... Change, find change in the seat, and it's like a reason for rejoicing. Have you been there? You found 32 cents like, whoa, all right, God is good. You ever been there? <laughs> now, if that's what our rejoicing is, when we find something, when we're having a little bit of trouble, can you get any grasp of God coming down from divine glory to live among a fallen people? who he knew were going to scorn, reject, deny, beat him physically, try to beat him emotionally. Do you realize the cost of that gift for God? It's, I, I can't even get my head around it. And, and I think about my little sacrifices. I, I think about the little sacrifices that I make to try to be kind and compassionate. Just, you know, it's Christmas. We're supposed to be doing nice stuff, right? Okay, maybe I thought we were supposed to be doing nice stuff. All right. I'm supposed to be nicer in this season? I mean, have you gone out of your way to say, you know what, I'm going to do something a little extravagant because it's Christmas? Just, I'm just going to be abundantly uh, 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 reckless with my blessing. I'm just going to overbless somebody today. I was actually watching a YouTube video um, last night, and it was, um, it was a guy that was a waiter in a restaurant. And one of my, uh, I don't, actually don't know who sent it to me, but, but the, the couple had been um, waited on by this guy. Somehow they had a conversation that he was a single father, I think, and was struggling to make stuff work with his, with his, uh, with his children and his household. And, and so they gave him a tip and they said, but I want you to have a blessing. I'm going to sow into your life. And I think they gave him like 300 bucks just as a blessing. And I thought, wow, that was awesome. Not so much because of the dollar amount. I don't know if 300 bucks fixed his problem, but can you imagine the, 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 the gift of love that he received at that moment? The, the, just a moment of just full encouragement, just a moment of, wow, somebody cares. And, and if he knew God, he would have seen, wow, my God is still taking care of me, even when I don't know how it's going to work out. And I was so just, my heart was warm to see that. And, and there was clearly an evidence that it was an expression as an overflow from their life for a God who's been pouring blessings into them that they felt they had a surplus that they could bless somebody else. And I pray that we see that because if nothing else, even if you don't have $300, if you got $3, if you got 30 minutes of time, 
If you just have a listening ear, if you have a heart that desires to just love someone abundantly, we'll find a way to do it. But it's got to be because I'm operating from this overflow that I've received from my Father in heaven. His birth changed my life. It changed my mind. It changed my priorities. It changed everything about me because it was a manifestation of how recklessly he gives me love and hope and peace and joy and mercy and forgiveness. And I just say, thank you, God, because I couldn't have done it by myself. See, there's a sacrificial element to giving. It cost God immensely to give us this day. It, it, it's, it's wonderful when I, again, this is my other revelation. Um, I, I will, even this morning, I'm, I'm, watching, I'm watching our family have our Christmas morning, right? And we do the same thing. You know, we got the tree and the gifts, and so we're opening, and grandkids are around, and we're kids and grandkids. And so, you know, we're having our, our, our morning scene. And, and it struck me for years, but I really noticed it today. You know, my wife is an excellent gift giver. She's great at it. You know why she's great at it? Not because of the dollar amount. Not because of whatever uh, that, that it's wrapped in. It's not because of the paper or all this stuff. It's excellent because it fits. Quick example. She bought my son, youngest son, some sweatpants or sweat jacket or some kind of gear today, right? And, and so he's opening. He's like, oh, this is great. And then she says, yeah, I got that for you because I notice you keep wearing that old one every single day, and I want to give you a new one. <laughs> so you can stop wearing that old one every day. He's 16, fill in the blanks. So... <laughs> But it just reminded me, and then I kind of stopped and I took a look around, and I realized that all of her gifts fit because she took the time to think about the people that she loved and cared for, and she thought about what they needed and what their heart's desires were. And even if you didn't ask for it, you find that the gift fits you perfectly because she is giving from a place of knowing and loving the people around her. And so she can give just what they need in that moment. And it stopped and made me think, my heavenly father does the exact same thing. He he doesn't just throw out stuff at random. He knows exactly what I need today. He knows exactly what challenges are coming at me that I'm not even aware of, putting things in order, blocking me from the things that are trying to harm me, putting me in positions for blessings I don't even know I need. He's orchestrating all of these things because he knows every fiber of my creation. And he said, I know exactly who you are. I know exactly what you need. I know you better than you know yourself. And I'm customizing blessings with your name on it because I love you enough to walk with you every step of your life. And I do that because I want to give to you so abundantly. And I'm like, there's a blessing in this act of giving when we do it in the same way that God does it. Now, it's a little too late now. 
But I want you to think about your Christmas gifts this year. Do they have any thought in them? Did, did they have care? Did they have an understanding of the person? If so, God loves that. You were looking just like Jesus when you did that. It's not just some, oh, Lord, they're going to be sitting at the table and they're going to give me something. I got to give them something back. That's not Jesus. That's like some kind of quota system or something. I don't know what that is. But when we do it with a generous, loving heart, and it doesn't matter how much it costs, you ever got something that wasn't that nice, but it was given with love? And so in your flesh, you might have... Not really smile big, but in your spirit, I know God was saying, wow, that was perfect. And I think that's what God wants us to see. He gives abundantly to the things that we need at our core and aren't even aware of. I remember in my 20s when I was running away from God about as fast as I could. And he gave me a couple of sit-down sessions that I thought were painful, that I thought were unfair, that I thought I didn't deserve. And I look back now and say, I wouldn't be here without him. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for giving me some discipline sometimes. Thank you for giving me some correction sometimes. Thank you for closing doors that I thought should have been opened sometimes. Thank you for for putting some confines on my resources because I'd be a fool if I had all the money I wanted. (laughs) Not many amens on that one. We'll keep moving. (laughs) But I want to end with this. If we understand that it cost God so much And that there is so much abundance in his heart for giving that it causes us to pause and think about this day, the birth incident that that began to rewrite human history and even our history. Then we have to realize that there's two sides to gift giving. There's the giving, but there's also the receiving. It's, it's a, it's a two-way transaction. And so it's wonderful if there's all of these gifts in the storeroom, but if we never go and get them, then they really haven't accomplished very much of anything. I want to give you this scripture from John chapter 1. And it's interesting, I don't want you to miss that this came before John 3.16. It's interesting the order that, that we think about this, because you would have thought, well, you know, if he's given this love to the world, then, then, then that's where we should have started. But, but John may, may, makes a point before we get to this awesome John 3.16 chapter. Listen to what he says. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision, nor a husband's will, but born of God. In Christian circles, we might call that the second birth, the rebirth. None of us had a choice on the first one. You didn't pick your parents. You didn't pick what country you were born in. You didn't pick how much money they had or, or, or your socioeconomic status or your ethnic status. You didn't pick any of that. 
All of that happened outside of your control. But the Bible is very clear that more important than your biological birth is your spiritual rebirth. That's the one that we have our ability to make some influence and to control and actually decide, God, I want a new birth. God, I want a new life. I don't want to be confined by natural human origin. There's something spiritual that you've put in me and you've given me the right to call you my daddy. You've given me the right not to be confined by the biological curses that have been floating around in my family for generations. You've given me the ability to be loosed and to be free to experience all the fullness of God that you have put inside of me. And I don't need anybody else to tell me how I can be or who I can be or what my possibilities are. Only my daddy in heaven can tell me what my life can possibly become. He says he gave you the right to declare that. He gave you the right to live into it fully. He gave you the right to be free from anything in this world that has ever tried to hold you back. (laughs) But we still got to do with receiving. He's put that out there. And and, and it's kind of like a gift. You know, there's there's sometimes um, sacrifice not only involved in giving, but sacrifice involved in receiving. I saw this little cartoon on the Internet a couple weeks ago. And it just, it just tickled me, so I, I want to share it with you. See if you can see it. You got a little girl with her teddy bear. And God is there, and he's holding out his hand, saying, can you give me your teddy bear? And she says, but I love it, God. God, are you trying to take my teddy bear? I thought you was a good God. Why would you take away my teddy bear? It's my favorite teddy bear. This is how I go to sleep every night. This is where my significant, this is what brings me comfort and joy. This is what, this is what after a hard day, I can go grab my teddy bear and it makes me feel better. God, why would you take away my teddy bear? And God is saying, would you just trust me? Would you sacrifice what you got because I got something bigger and better for you in my hand. There's a a, a better version of what you've got. There's more abundance in what you've got. There's more fullness and meaning. There's more satisfaction. But we got to sacrifice a little bit of what we got so that we can receive all that he has for us. See, there's that saying that sometimes our hands are so full, God doesn't have any room to put anything else in it. He wants us to release some of those things that we've been holding on to so that he can fill us up with the fullness that only he can provide. And maybe it's material. Probably not. Maybe it has to do with all the things that the world dangles in front of us. Significance and advancement and, and, and prosperity and financial success. and All those things that look like those will fill our hearts up. And maybe God gives us that, but if he does, that's just gravy. Because you can be a millionaire and be broken in spirit. You can have a thousand toys, so many toys, so many cars, you don't even know which car to drive today. And broken. Brokenhearted, no peace, no joy, no love, no eternal significance. 
And so I don't know what God has in store for you. I don't know what he's trying to fill you up with, but I know it's glorious. I know it's awesome. I know, I know you'll be happy when he gives it to you. I know you'll have no regrets when you swap out what you're holding on to for what he's trying to put in your hand. I know it'll be a reason to celebrate. I know it'll be a reason to joy. I know you might shout and run around the house a couple times once God starts pouring his spirit fully into your life. There will be no regrets when we receive the fullness of the gifts that our good father is trying to give us. It's, um, it's sad sometimes at the end of Christmas. Every year in our house, because we've got a big family, there's always um, some extra gifts floating around. Does that happen to you? <laughs> that doesn't mean come pick him up. Um, but there's cousins and, you know, relatives and people we thought was going to show up that didn't show up. And, and so, you know, Christmas goes by and then you're in the New Year's and, and you're ready to take the tree down and get rid of all, you know, go into the next kind of thing in the house. And there's that, that one little lonely gift sitting up under the tree. All by itself. And it's just lonely. It's not accomplishing what it's supposed to. Because a gift that isn't received can't fully be a gift. Right, right. We, we, and here's the other thing, right? We, we look at it, and isn't this a pretty box? Isn't that a lovely little box? See, but the, the box isn't the gift. The box is holding the gift. And and can I, I don't want to be too spiritual, but some of us got a hold of Jesus and realize, don't realize that we got a hold of the box. We haven't opened the box yet and got the gift yet. We we, we just walk around with a box. We just loving a box. Oh, I love my box. Oh, I'm going to sing a praise to my box. We just got a box. But he said, I didn't give you the box to hold the box. I want you to open that bad boy up because there's something in there that I got for you. There's a gift inside there that I'm trying to pour out on you. There's so much of what you need, but you got to receive it. And it doesn't matter how long you've been in church. It doesn't matter if you've been in the choir, if you've been in a hosting, if you've been a deacon, elder, servant. It doesn't matter what roles you have if you haven't opened up the box and let the gift get inside of you. I love watching children on Christmas. It's fun, isn't it? You went through all this trouble to wrap it up and tape it up and put the bows in the car. All they need to know is it's mine. 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 I don't need anything else. And it's paper flying everywhere and it's stuff kicking each other. And I mean, it goes down when you got little kids. And I know as much as we think that's not proper, that's exactly how God wants us to want his gift. He wants us hungry for it, just ripping into it, just tearing it open. I don't want the box. I want the gift. I want you, Jesus. I want you to pour out all the fullness that you have. And I'm ready to receive it.
So we're here today. And before, before we wrap up, before I, before I close this, I mean, we've been going through this whole process of, of hope and joy and peace and love. But I want to tell you, I want to ask you, if you're in this place and you haven't really received the gift, the gift of Jesus, the relationship with Jesus, the surrender to Jesus, the confession that you need Jesus to be the head of your life. If you haven't received it, oh, there's nothing better to do today. There's nothing better to be excited about today. We might have got some gifts. We might have got the thing that we really wanted. Our favorite team may be playing this afternoon and we're excited about the victory. I know what y'all doing. I know. You're trying to fool me. We got good food coming. We got good times coming. All that stuff is great. But there is a gift sitting by the tree that means more than anything else. And what is it? It's very simply. Light of the world. I want us to just have this moment. And even in this place, when it's not even fully dark, when it's not even completely blacked out. Can't can't you see how much difference a little bit of light makes? I mean, you can be miles away almost and, and, and the light still penetrates whatever darkness is in your heart and in your mind and in your circumstances. And there's no better gift that you can receive and there's no other gift that you could give to Jesus today on his birthday than to say yes God yes Jesus I want to make it real this time I want to I want to know you and love you deeper this 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 day God I want to put you in charge of my life and trust that you will be a better God to me than I can be for myself So if that's your prayer this morning, if that's your heart, I want us just to sing this this little verse and we're going to close out. And it's a song that we sing all the time. But I pray that you sing it in the spirit of receiving the abundant gift of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Oh, come, let us adore him. Oh, come, let us adore him. Oh, come, let us adore him. Christ, 
for he alone is worthy. 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 Christ the Lord. Father, we are grateful for the gift of your Son, Jesus. Father, we love you. We are so grateful for the way that you love us. Father, I pray in this moment that there there are hearts that are broken in this place, God. There are weights that are too heavy for us to carry in this place, God. Father, help us to lay all of our burdens at the foot of your cross. Help us to trust you and depend on you. Help us to seek you, knowing that you have the answers to those questions that are weighing on our hearts and our minds. Father, we declare that we love you, that we need you, that we trust you, and that we will follow you all the days of our life. Pour out your spirit on us, God. Let us receive the fullness of Christ, and may you alone be our source for our hope, for our peace. Teach us how to love like you. And Father, fill us with the joy of this relationship, of this intimacy that the world can't take away, God. Fill us that we may look and act and be just like our daddy who loves us more than we can imagine. And all God's children said, amen, amen, amen. Let's give the Lord a hand, praise. Thank you for joining us for this installment of Renewing Your Mind, a web-based ministry of South Bay Community Church, located at 47385 Warm Springs Boulevard, Fremont, California. We can be found on the web at www.sobcc.com. We'd like to take a moment to invite you to come and join us in person for one of our dynamic Sunday morning worship services. Services begin at 8 a.m. and 10.30 a.m. each Sunday, and we would be so blessed to have you come worship with us. We'd also love to hear from you a word about how this ministry is helping you renew your mind for the glory of Jesus Christ. So please contact us, and we pray God's blessings over you the rest of this day. God bless.